Praise the Lord. That's very sobering. Let's pray. Eternal Father, we are grateful for Jesus' reason. And he has defeated the enemy once and for all. All you are asking us to do is to step into that victory. We ask that as we listen to the word being preached and listen to the Holy Spirit speaking to our hearts, every day of our lives we will defeat the demons of hell. We will triumph over every antique and plan of the evil one. And the true victory that is sure, which is for the children of God, will be our portion as well in Jesus' name. Stir our hearts up this afternoon, Lord. Give us hope and confidence for tomorrow. And let your name and your name only be glorified. Thank you, everlasting Father. Jesus' mighty name we pray. Can do a louder amen. amen. We are all welcome in Jesus' name. And thanks to all those that have ministered in one form or another today. We had, a, I wasn't at the Sunday school, but I'm sure it was awesome. We've had a wonderful time of worship, and the Lord deserves the honor and glory. Let's put our hands together. And the drama had been fantastic as well. Let's give thanks unto God for that. So I'll be talking to Ross today on the topic titled, Victory Through the Cross. Victory Through the Cross. Probably know that today is the last Sunday of the month of June, 2015. And um, it's been dubbed a month of great victory for us. And I can't remember in recent times um, any month in which we've had so much of records of near misses here and there. Um, prepared this yesterday only to hear, is that two other near misses today? Domestic accident over children and also one road traffic accident. And I believe this preservation the Lord granted us this month is just to show us the tip of the iceberg that could have erupted against us. It deserves the honor and glory. Um, I can't remember the last time I had a real near brush of accident or had an accident. Not because I've been careful, but I believe the Lord brought that to my own door as well, just to let me know that it has been his hands that have been keeping us. On the 4th of June, I was in London. That was very early in the month for a senior pastor's meeting of our churches. And um, as I always do, it's quicker and faster, sometimes more cost-effective to 
just get a car rental in London and drive to the places I had to go. And I remember this very day, I was going back to the airport, had enough time to travel, but there's a way the Lord leads me. Um, so I knew for sure there's something not right and that there was an impending problem. Now it comes like that, and I pray, and the sign will go. I was on M25, if you know London very well, they call it the biggest car park in the UK. So um, it takes about two hours to drive around it, and the traffic is frantic. I can't remember any day they don't have a traffic there. There are about many junctions there, maybe about 35 junctions, I can't remember. So I was on that place, and the traffic were moving frantically here and there, so... I was still on M25. The impression was still very strong in my heart that there's an impending problem. Uh, So I stopped praying in my understanding. I started praying frantically in the spirit and really frantically in the spirit. And so, praise God, that was me. I was going to Ethro, the north perimeter road where I would drop the car off and then take a bus to fly back to Aberdeen. I was just one minute away from the uh, car rental place, Europe car, specifically, exactly about a minute, maybe two minutes walk, one minute drive. There was very slow traffic, and I was very happy all is done and dusted. I didn't know what happened. From nowhere, a temporary loss of concentration on my part, I ran to the car in front of me. Um, But why did the Lord let me know that? I mean, I, I was just saying, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. I've just left M25. I probably may not have come back. (laughs) Um, So God has delivered us. God is delivering us. He was worthy of all our honor and all our praise. Do you want to give him praise right now for all the victories we have enjoyed? Thank you, Father Lord. There are much battles that are going on around us, and you could see from the drama that truly there are a lot of battles going on. We are targeted as Christians, and the enemy will not rest until he probably feels that he's gotten some victory on his side. You should be aware that spiritual battles are totally different from physical battles. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, it says that though we walk in the flesh, uh-huh, but we do not war after the flesh. So spiritual battles are not something you can use guns to fight. Spiritual battles are not things you can have bodyguards. And I was an object lesson for somebody somewhere in Nigeria. Uh, some of you will be aware of that story. I think it was in 2013. One of the ex-governors in one of the states died. He was pretty popular. He was part of the ruling party. And then they made all the arrangements to bury this man, and everything was going well. In fact, they promised to give him a state uh, burial, which will involve policemen everywhere. To cut the long story short... The main undertaker for probably in the nation, to be honest with you, possibly there might be better one in Abuja, but he was apparently, apparently the best in Lagos, the most expensive, 
undertook to do the business of arranging the funeral or the burial and all the rest for this man. So they packed the body and all the rest of that, got on a private plane as usual, about 13 people on that flight, and they were heading for the town somewhere in southwest Nigeria where they were going to do the burial. Um, two minutes into the flight, the plane came down. The undertaker, who was the second generation in that family of undertakers, and his son, who was the heir to take over, I think they were about the only people that perished in that plane, or one or two other people died. And so people were wondering what was going on. But unknown unto many people, and I think that happened, the burial was supposed to be on Saturday or whatever. Forgive me if I don't remember the details very well. And I think the accident happened on Friday. And so when people were wondering what could have happened, you go for a burial, every security should be in place. Why would people die in the burial? But unknown unto them was that there was another situation of a man who is also in the high bracket business of catering for doing tents and PA systems and events arrangement for programs like that. And so he was also, you know, hired from Lagos to go to this town, possibly, if I remember, three, four hours maximum, maybe four and a half hours with bad roads, to go and set up the stage for the service of songs, which was to take place on Thursday before the funeral on Saturday, if I remember. And so it was after the accident that this man came and told people, and he wrote it in the Guardian newspaper, it's about the most serious newspaper in, in, in that country. Um, so the man said, oh, don't know, don't know, don't. it's not just only the plane crash that you people had to deal with. That when they left Lagos and they were traveling to this town, just about one and a half hours into the journey, three tires of the truck that they loaded the materials in blew up. And they were just lucky, you know, that was on Wednesday, leaving enough time to get to the location, set up Wednesday evening, finish the setting up on Thursday morning, and then get ready for the service of songs on Thursday. And so they quickly fixed that, and they said, we'll still make it. We'll get to that town. I think they're going to a place called Ondo Town. They will still get to Ondo, and there should be no problem. So they set out again. They went another 30 minutes into the journey for an inexplicable reason, the radiator, water radiator of the car blew up and damaged the engine. Now, the first one they survived, they would have actually ended up in water when all the one of the tires blew up. Anyway, to cut the long story short, they were still fixing that particular tire, um, engine and putting things together. Wednesday went, Thursday went, the man was still hoping and hoping. It was on Friday morning that he had to summon the courage and I said, I don't know where to hide my face. These are my problems. Why the, the, we couldn't make it for Thursday and we've disappointed you. Please pardon us. So they were still remonstrating with him on the phone and getting angry. You this, you are that, and the rest of that. And the phone call for the air crash came. And they said, well, it's not only tires that God blew up. It was only just the engine of the car that God blew up. Also, the plane dropped from the air. And so, it was a different story. Coincidences? If you believe that, the Lord will help you. There are battles going on. And I can multiply stories. You can have stories you're going to tell me of inexplicable situations that happen all around. Brethren, that's the kind of battle we have to face. And please, 
Even though this month is the month of our victory, is the beginning month of our victory. Because now he, God, will establish us very strongly in this position of permanent victory. Because that's what I believe he has set this month aside to do for us. Apparently, there might be bigger battles ahead. But this is the month when we'll get our foot firmly on the ground, our roots deep into the ground, and make sure that you will never lose a battle again in the name of the Lord Jesus. And you will need to do everything within your power. And not settle for anything short of the natural fact, if not for the mercy of the Lord. You could imagine the kind of story we will have told this month. A child fell down there. A child was trying to choke there. Another one had accident in school. Another one will have had hot oil poured on them. Another one will have an accident so bad, the front of the car completely right off. An accident just in it all the same month. But God has promised that, you know what? The hand that is keeping you will never leave you. And I say it, we never leave you in the name of Jesus. Rejoice because your salvation is near. Rejoice because disaster shall not overtake us. The back of the enemy is broken already. And that is our joy. A test is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Somebody say power of God. Somebody say cross. Cross. Power of God. The message of the cross is foolishness. When somebody says out of the cross of Jesus... That we will find safety there. Not because we are meeting some influential somebody on this earth. Not because we are massing weapons and grenades and bombs. Just because we put our trust in the cross. That the power of God will work in our favor. It is foolishness to the unbelievers. That the object of our worship is not a throne in which a, 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 a very fat personality is sitting on. The object of our worship is not even the stars in the heavens which have always enthralled generations and generations, primitive societies. Some worship the sun because sun is almost an enigma. Some worship the moon because the moon was such something that you don't, because it influences everything. The tide that you see, it was the movement of the moon that affects it. The dating of the years and months is the moon. What is of using as an object of worship? That is not the object of our worship. Of all things, a wooden cross. <laughs> wow. It must be God. I mean, if we are to decide, I say, what should be the object of worship of Christianity? We will probably say a wonderful throne, gold, marble, but it was the cross. Foolishness. Weapons that look so simple and effective, that's what the Lord has given unto us. What is the cross? The cross is weak, unattractive, despised expression, but full of subterranean power. It's a weak, 
unattractive, despised expression. And I use the word expression because it's not just the expression in the wood. It may be expression in your conduct that may look weak, unattractive, despised. It might be an expression in your appearance. It might be an expression in your word. Because when they slam you, you keep quiet. This cross, and that's why they say, he that we follow me must carry his cross. That despised, unattractive, supposedly weak expression and follow me. But inside of it, there is strength. The devil will never be able to unravel that. Seek for strength nowhere else. Seek it in the cross. The cross is where it is. It's a mystery. And it's only God who can unravel that for us. The cross is exemplified in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's exemplified in him. He was an ordinary man of below ordinary birth. Brought up in an ordinary way, in an ordinary environment. Keeping company with very ordinary people. You can identify with that. He was, was supposedly an ordinary man. He didn't have any possessions. His birth was less than ordinary. He was born where cattle were born. Brought up in a very ordinary way. The town he was brought up in Nazareth. Even other Israelites that were despised by the Romans, they said, Nazareth, you know when you become poor to the poor, you are in trouble. The Lord was a native of a poor town that was in a poor region in a country that was a superpower. And yet, that's where he came from. Yet, this same man that was so ordinary, and now I'm going to tell you what looks as weakness in your life, get ready. That is the source of the strength. When it seems as if everything is falling apart, that which does not seem to come together, watch out. That is where the strength is. Despite all this ordinariness of this Jesus, despite that, he took two fishes and five loaves of bread. In Matthew 14, verse 14 to 21. Matthew 14, 20, 14 to 21. He took two fishes of bread, just placed it in his hand, multiplied and fell 5,000. He didn't have a kitchen. I'm sure in those days, emperor or Caesar, whoever was on the throne, would have struggled to have such a party. He threw such a party with just five loaves. Yet was an ordinary man. He had no education, no education under great rabbis of his days. And yet, he stunned listeners in Mark chapter 1 verse 22. They said, we have never had a man speak like this before. Yet, he didn't go to Oxford of his day. He didn't go to the Cambridge of his day. He didn't go to the St. Andrews of his day. He didn't go to the Highbrow universities. He went to a simple place which is called the mountain top to go and pray there. And that's where he got his education from. He had no bodyguards. He had no specially decorated, you know, de- no, no special decorated troop following him. And yet one day, in the throng of people, a woman touched him in Mark chapter 5, Mark 5, 24 to 34. And there, the woman was instantly healed. One day, his friends were healed, was going to die. Delayed until the friend died, raised him up on the fourth day. Even when he was tired and weak and unarmed, he was confronted by an armed group looking for him during this very last stage of his life in John chapter 18, verse 6. They were coming for him. They said that this Jesus, we've had enough of you. They've made four attempts on his life, at least recorded in the book of, 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 um, of, of John. Four attempts. And this was the last attempt they made, which was successful. 
Once they wanted to seize him and push him down the hedge. Another one, they wanted to take him and take him to trial. All failed. Then at the very last moment, they came unto him and they said, we cannot do now. It was in the garden. It was at dusk. The chance of running away was going to be very small for him. You are cornered. And yet, when they approached him, this ordinary man, oh, the power of the cross, this ordinary man, despised, uncelebrated, all he told them, he said, whom are you looking for? What did he say? I, you know, they said, said, whom are you looking for? Thank you. He said, now when he said to them, I'm here. He said, he said, he said, whom are you looking for? He asked them and they said, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. What did he say? I'm here. And what? They drew back and fell to the ground. Did you get why they fell to the ground? Did you get why they fell to the ground? Because of the word I am. The very word that was given unto Moses in Exodus chapter 3. He said, when they ask me who said, you say, I am that I am. And he told them all along, I am God. I may not look like God. And the world is not seeing you that you are a child of God, though you may not look like one. Jesus, God dwells in me. He said, I am. And they fell back. And the rest became history. He said, that if you want to take me, you are taking me because I allow you to take me. Not because you could take me. Trust Peter, you remember? Cut Marcus here away. He said, Master, we're going to fight. What did the master tell him? He said, if I had need people to fight for me, I can just like that get an army that will be more than all the armies of the world put together to wipe them out. He said, but I'm offering myself. That is the cross exemplified. So where does the power of the cross lie? I will ask you three questions quickly. And on the third question, I will share one or two things with you. And then we will pray. Where does the power of the cross lie? Answer, in the finished work of Christ. In the finished work of Christ. suffered, he was crucified, and you must not miss any step. He died, okay, and then he rose again, and then finally he ascended to At every one of the stages, maybe on Wednesday, the Lord will help us to go through that one. That's deeply expressive of the power of God. But I will spare you that today. We've got so much to share in the finished work. Whether it is his punishment there was something in his punishment. Isaiah 53. By his stripes we are healed. Whether in his dying, because he had to die, they didn't just bury him. Because we are buried with that is, that is, because one must die for all to live. So in death, there is victory. In burying, in Romans chapter 6, he was buried so that we are buried with him so that we can rise up with him. And in rising, we've risen up unto him different. And in ascending, he said that when he ascended on high, he gave gift unto men. That's where we are. So we can spend time, a lot of time on that one. Every part of it, that is where it lies. But how can we access it? Because that's the most important thing, apart from the theology. How can we access it? By grace. By grace. Then you ask me the next question. What is the means or route to this grace? Are you still on the same page with me? Are you still there with me? All right. So, I quickly recap. We started by saying that God has shown us victory already. 
God is telling us that we need to continue in victory because the road ahead might be more treacherous than we think, but we can be rest assured that, you know, victory is certain. And we have been told also that the world is full of wickedness, and we gave example of wickedness in the world, and then we went on and said, is the cross, which is in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, is the power of God. And Jesus has exemplified it. His life spoke volume. We looked at a little bit of his life, and then we said, now how can we appropriate what Jesus has done? What is the means or route to this grace so that as the cross availed for him, as the cross made him win, the cross can make you win? How? For easy memory, they will put a slide up for you, and we use that as a means to remind us, just one slide, to remind us exactly what this means of entering into the permanent root of grace is all about. Is anybody have, uh, uh, familiar with that sign? All right. Okay, it's called the Cairo, even if you don't know who said that. And they are the first two letters of the a Greek word for Christ. And Christ is actually the Hebrew word for the anointed. A Messiah is the Hebrew word for, uh, is the English word we interpret from Meshach, which also means the anointed, and which means just to rub oil on. But let's stay with the anointed, which is Cairo. There are two letters in our English that we can identify with there. There's one that is a cross. You see that? And the other one is what? Like a P. All right? Those two letters, let them be, you know, on the tables of our heart. And I will just mention three P's that will help us to stay in victory. Nothing superlatively new, but you see, victors in life, what they do is that they streamline their information. That's how laser works. You know, laser is light application, other simulation, and mister. Radiation. Did anybody still remember that? Those of you that, uh, yeah, okay, Lisa. So, so Lisa is that you concentrate light. So if you got, and that's nothing Lisa can do. I hope you know. Lisa can cut through concrete like that. It can cut metal. Um, you can reduce it. You can. So what I'm talking about is that I want us to focus on these three things. That's why I'm using the example of Lisa. I'm just not throwing information or knowledge around, okay? So look at it like Lisa, that these three rays, you will pinpoint it. You will focus on it. You will adopt it. You will use it. And you will, there are going to be three P's that we're going to talk about that from now on, you sleep it, you wake it, you eat it, you drink it. That's all you do. Those three P's. Is that settled now? Are you still on the same page with me? All right, so. Number one P, prayer. It's nothing you've not had before. <laughs> but the problem is that you need to know where the element is. How did Jesus use prayer? Jesus started. Uh-huh. 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 Uh, I hope our prayer is that's not the beginning and end of our prayer. <laughs> because sometimes that's all that for children, that's okay. Prayer is the master key. I know somebody says something somewhere. Say, Augustus Caesar's um God to Rome, he said, he got to Rome and met it as a, a city full of wood. He left Rome as a city filled with marble, as a city made of marble. I'll tell you where I'm going. Where I'm going with that is that my role now, for the first time I have my role redefined. When I was hearing 
the Lord says. He said, my role, my number one role, is to turn a people who don't pray to a people who pray. And once that is done, job is done. That is, prayer will so much become a culture, not the one we gather only to pray. And for the past one week, I have been struggling to pull away from prayer. Pray for me. Pray for yourself. Pray for one another. That that will be an ongoing thing. There's absolutely nothing. In fact, as I'm having the impression in my heart, it's about time we even do a long series on prayer. Not theory of prayer, but practical things in prayer. Jesus, Mark chapter 1, verse 35, truly started with prayer. Immediately he started, the Bible says, he went onto a mountain top and prayed, and always rising up there. At Garden of Gethsemane, he ended his ministry there. You remember? So that's P number one. And that prayer must be something that is more than ordinary prayer we are praying. It's not in the strength of it. It's not in the noise of it. Number one thing that you need for prayer to be better than it has always been, you need faith. You need faith. Faith is not squeezing my eyes. Faith is a confidence in the word of God and confidence in God because the word is God. Faith. Hebrews 11 verse 6. Uh-huh. For it is impossible to please God. If there's something I need to develop, it's my faith life. I cannot afford to disintegrate at hearing any unsavory news. That is the epitome. And everyone can train himself or herself not to panic. I don't know your, I don't know your vocation, but if most of the vocations that I've done, I was forced, I started... What was the first job I did? Teacher. I was first a teacher. I used primary school to t- secondary, uh, yes, secondary school to teach. Um, the first thing, the little thing they started, when children are really don't panic. Uh, later on, I worked in a cement company. And on and on, everywhere I've been. Check yourself. You're working in oil laundry. You're working anywhere. Number one thing, don't panic. And that is faith. Our greatest challenge is that at every opportunity, at every time anything wrong appears, we panic. The Lord will deliver us from that. And faith comes by hearing and doing what? Hearing the word of God. Everyone will devise their own plan to grow their faith. I can't grow yours for you. You can't grow mine for me. But there are no shortcuts. Jesus, heavens only respond to faith. Heavens does not respond to crying. Heaven does not respond even to prayer that is not in faith. Every time one thing Jesus Christ commented was what? Great is your faith. You remember? Faith, faith, faith. That's all. He will always commend them for their faith. He will always commend them. He said, I've never seen such a great faith in Israel. And when the disciples were not showing faith, he will castigate them. Will you devise and design a program to grow your own faith. To not crumble when the challenges come. To not turn your back and run at the first sign of trouble. And it's still allowed. Because sometimes I can sense, whenever we get some bad news, the first thing we do, sometimes it seems to me that we pick the phone and we start crying. The first thing is to say, God, you are in charge. That's faith. Consult later. 
But you should be able to, everybody should be able to get to that point, even after you are panicked and say, calm down, you are not supposed to panic. Tell yourself that. Even after you have started you know, running a task, please, who can help me? Please talk to that boss. Uh, please, even call pastor. Even before that, after all, it's not immortal. Nobody's immortal. Only God is immortal. He's the only one that doesn't sleep nor slumber. We went through some challenges sometimes. And I remember, you know, when I was going to bed, I said, Lord, you are the one that does not sleep or slumber. I want to sleep now. Please take care of these children. Anyway, the challenges of the days that tired me out. So by night, I just, I just, I said, Lord, and he has been doing that. First reaction is to what? Calm down. And we can do it. And I believe that is the center of faith for me. If you can keep yourself down. Number two thing, under prayer that you would need so that we just don't think I'm talking about more prayer meetings. No, 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 I'm not. I'm being around the block for long enough. In actual fact, places where people congregate to pray most, if they are not necessarily the most powerful places, I've been around the block long enough. And simply because nobody bothered to teach them about what true prayer is. The greatest of prayer I prayed, they were the ones I sat down and there's a passion inside me. And that's number one, two, desire and fire. There's something that rose up on the inside of me. In actual, most of them were meditative. I've thought over it. I've diced it here. I've pushed it there. And I got to a point, my mind was made up and I cried out from my heart. And God heard me. You, you must have accepted, you must have sensed that before. The book of prayer, I made, and one thing that tears off from prayer is what? They are not demons in Jesus' name. What those, you know, actors, they, they told us. That's number one thing. Diversion. 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 No prayer can be prayer unless we are consent. We have our faculties focused on it. And that's where desire comes in. In Mark chapter 11, verse 23, Mark chapter 11, verse 23, the Lord Jesus Christ said every prayer must start with desire. Mark eleven twenty-three. 23. For actually, I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the midst, and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says will be done, he will have whatsoever he says. Verse 24. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. I think the old King James Version put desire force in verse 24. It's important that desire must be. And please, let me tell you something. Noise is not a substitute for fire. Stamping the ground is not a substitute for fire. Eloquence is not a substitute for fire. Most people that carry the greatest fire, they are calm on the outside. That is the cross, you remember? Deceptive on the outside, but don't touch it, you're in trouble. That's the kind of thing I'm believing God for. Oh, you can stamp from now tomorrow. I have done stamping before. We were doing deliverance when we were in London, you know, one of our older churches, you know, we were doing deliverance every week until the pastor said, what's happening? The people that came for deliverance last week, they are coming again. And they, they were constantly coming for deliverance like that for almost three months. I mean, there are cases like that that you need to revisit, I agree. He said, either, and in actual fact, some were coming to come and act. Story for another day. But what I'm just telling you is simple this. Brethren, God can give you fire. And it seems you will ask for that fire. You can be so full of divine fire. No, don't settle for nothing less. Am I preaching? And the Lord will grant unto you. Romans chapter 15 verse 30. 
Romans 15 verse 30. I'm on number two. Desire stroke fervency. Now I beg you, brethren, I like that word, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit that you strive together with me in prayer to God for me. That's not what I need. Is that 1530 I said? All right, where I need is where you say that they should be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. You know, sometimes we need fervency of spirit to be able to serve the Lord. Have fire in you. Very quickly, number three, persistence under prayer. And I'll begin to close in a minute. I'm just on P number one. I hope, I hope you're aware of that. Okay. Because God has promised us victory, your prayer life will change. Uh-huh. <laughs> it will change. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it again. It's not so much about even your family altar. I'm talking of a life of prayer. Tell me three things, if you may, that has been drawing us away from prayer. Tell me contemporary times. Don't tell me something falutin, high falutin, or something out of the way. What's the number, commonest thing that draws us away? Eh? Eh? Internet. Internet, yeah, Facebook. Just say phone. On that phone, and the, the smarter, I'm worried why the demons didn't tell us that. Maybe this is a secret. I mean, they've perfected that for you. Don't need to carry those gone are those days that you need a big laptop before you key into your Facebook. You don't need it anymore. Just get a four inch screen right in your pocket, your chest pocket, your back pocket. You are sorted. You check your mail there. You check for, even I discovered that I check my mail in a day too often. And I'm not, I don't receive any, in fact, regularly, all these junk mails, I will go and unsubscribe, unsubscribe, unsubscribe. Before I knew it, they came back again. I don't know how I got into them. Constant trouble. But I discovered that every time I interrupt my prayer, my study, my business, we check in mail. Some of them, they don't need to be answered. Some of them, they're nothing urgent. Before there were emails, people were leaving. I'm talking of something useful. I'm not talking of something useless. Or something dodgy, in between. Of which all the social media are. Oh, am I slamming it? I greeted a brother, happy birthday on social media this morning. Oh, yes, I use it. But nowhere to draw the line. They're taking our time away. And they're not telling us that one. That phone, that phone, that phone. Are they still selling those phones without camera, without email? Maybe I will change my phone to it. Because drastic situation might might require drastic reaction. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. You are sorted. You don't need it. Oh, you pray. You don't get distracted by Facebook. You don't get distracted by LinkedIn. LinkedIn has come in now. Everybody accept, accept. I've accepted so much, I don't even know what I'm accepting. Chris, accept, 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 accept. Because if I don't accept, I even feel a little bit worried. They may say, Pastor, are you rejecting me? So all of you, I'm accepting you. <laughs> and yet, as I'm accepting you, I'm losing time. I'm breaking my trail of thought in prayer. I'm not moving. And there's a battle to fight. Has it not shown me this month that if I don't stand and pray and fight this battle, something bigger may come? He has warned me. He has warned me. I will do the praying. And I will do it all my heart. Even if we stay on the phone, can join others to it. Better you call. Test, test, test. 
finished NIVG here. Immediately finished, but got a test. It's an official test, don't worry. I said, test. What's up? That's another one. All phone. You see? And the demons are getting wiser. You remember? Devil's box. Devil's box. He said, we devil, I'll bring another one. Some of you are old enough to know about devil's box. You know, we've we been in our TVs. We said, just put them away, put them away. The devil just laugh. <laughs> After all, TV is only where you get home. <laughs> and when, when the demons are saying, hey, they are spending 20 hours on TV, that's nothing. The real time wasting is you carry it around. Nobody has divided TV you carry around. Therefore, has anybody got any phone there? Let's pray over phone. <laughs> you know, I thought I have my phone. I, f- I felt like bringing it up. I normally leave it in the office. Ah, let me close. So much to talk about. You agree with me? There's a battle to fight. There's a victory to be won. Persistence is required in prayer. Please, I beg you. Nobody has ever told you. You know, one of our questions that we normally ask when we do Bible study on, 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 on prayer always shows where we are. You know the common things we ask? Eh? How long should we pray? Uh, or, 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 eh? Eh, to take, yes. or, but, you know, they all come in one very to another but the commonest slant to it all is that I've prayed once why am I doing it to pray again he said eh, pastor you, they are asked now eh, why is it that God eh, how long should we pray before we say it is uh, uh, what do you call that now vain repetition uh, well, all comes down to one thing you are not persistent and I think that word that we use to answer now Nobody really in the Bible, as far as I knew, asked that question. Now, can't imagine the apostle. Lord, now I've prayed it. Even Paul that was close to it, he said three times I prayed, the Lord did not remove it. He didn't say he was not continuing to pray, but after three times he settled for it, he might still be visiting it. You might be persistent in prayer. It may not happen today, it may happen tomorrow. And finally, remember, prayer is not designed to change your situation, but it's designed to change you. We are difficult to hide. Number two, P, purity. One, one sentence is on those ones, and I'll move on. Purity. You know one thing I fear most in the church as a pastor? No one thing that makes me to feel most concerned. One thing that makes me feel most concerned is when sin is first turning in the church. You see, you, you will not know. I, I will share with you some of my greatest prayer points. My pray, prayers for Lord heal this day. He said, don't pay it. He heals when he wants to heal. Uh, even Lord saves souls. He saves when he wants to save. But when I pray as a pastor for over a church, my greatest can Lord make this place holy. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Talk of wasted energy. That's the easiest way. Ask Israel. There was Achan in the camp. And that's why, number one thing I always ask for, Lord, expose sin here. We're not interested in making people uncomfortable. We are not in the shaming business. But Lord, where there's sin anywhere, else, and lest there be exclusion, lest there be, you know, putting aside until that thing is cleansed. And even as I finish here today, believe you me, after this meeting, I will still continue to pray, Lord, don't let sin be here. If you want to waste your life, just be toying with sin and be praying. It's, it's, a, it's a sure. Some things may happen to be. It's a sure banker. The thing they don't use that word anymore. My vocabulary are not very current sometimes. 
there was some carryover of old Queen's English mingled with Nigerian English. It's a, it's a sure banker. That is, it's as sure as daylight that if one is sinning and living in sin, sleeping around, lying, drinking it like no man's business, unforgiveness, malice, gossip, name it. And the person is praying and stamping the ground, it's wasting his time. I'm old enough in this faith to know that one. And that's my number one prayer for myself. No prayer brings me to tears and brokenness like, Lord, purge my heart. And I'm not talking of the same kind of thing. You know, I'm not talking, I'm not above anybody can be full, but I'm talking of simpler things. When I hear that somebody is doing well in ministry, how did my heart react? That's the level of sin I'm talking about. That's not even what you are talking about. <laughs> and when I just heard that, that brother, wow, you know, something is happening there. Did I genuinely rejoice? I'm asking, call 50 pastors or leaders here, if they will be sincere. If I find true that I really do, I will know revival has started. And the times of times, that's the level I'm talking about. That's the level I'm talking about. Level I'm talking about. Number four, number three. What's number one? Means. Number two. Number three, praise. Mm, Praise. On both ends of purity, you have prayer and you have praise. Praise is very pivotal. It's very important. Um, Jesus Christ at the tomb of Lazarus. He said, Father, I thank you for you always hear me. You remember? When he took the bread in his hand, the Bible said, after he has given thanks. Uh, that giving thanks, some believe, but I believe is more than the normal Jewish prayer. Uh, he said, oh God of heaven and I, Father, great God of your universe, he said, and then they will say, that has given us bread. It's a particular prayer, you know, they call it Baruch, you know, Baruch prayer, and they say it, and I believe the Lord gave genuine thanks from his heart. On Saturday, we said, God, we, sorry, on Sunday, next Sunday, a week today, we said, God, we help us to kickstart praise. We want to offer him something special. I look forward to that time. I'm believing God that our lives will not remain the same after that. Father, we thank you. Jesus, paid it all. Oh, to him I owe. Sin I left a crimson He washes Lord, we thank you. It is done already. We are only called to access it. We won't have to die on the cross. You have died. We don't even have to do anything superlative. We just want us to constantly be in the place of prayer. You want us to seek purity. And you want us to praise. Give us help, O oh God. And we are confident that from now on, only victory shall be our portion. While all our heads are bowed and all eyes closed, I want to ask. I've just mentioned the issue of someone needs to be right with God. 
Maybe somebody is there, you're not right with God, or you don't even have a relationship with him at all. We will make this call from time to time, believing that somehow the word of God will touch your heart. I just want to pray for you. I want to pray for you to say, let that chain, let that yoke, let that, you know, grip of sin be broken. May you come to a place of relationship with him. He that God does not know, except for prayer of repentance, he does not answer. I want you to cry out to God if you are there and say, Lord, please, I've returned home. Change me, Lord. Turn me around. Transform me. Let all things pass away. Let all things become new in my life. Speak to God. Thank you, Father. Make it individual. I just want, I will hear your testimony later that God sorted you today. That God bring you to the place of restoration today. You remember the level of which I was talking about close work with God? And don't let anybody be smug. I'm not an adult. I'm not a fornicator. I even if you're even those, of course, you better cry out now. But even if you are none of those, something that can separate you from God. Release it to his hand right now. And don't wait for when I will run this prayer up. Use this moment. Because God may ask you one day that he's in the room, he wants to lead people to the next level of righteousness, but you didn't seize the moment. You didn't seize the moment. And the spirit of the Lord is moving, changing people. Pride fill the heart but the Lord says I'm going to turn that around for you if you will avail yourself hear my heart cry Lord let no one by your mercy in this room fall on the wrong side of your judgment have mercy oh God turn your people around we release ourselves to your hand time is well spent this afternoon but you know but we believe Lord we are not living here the same. Prayer lives shall be rekindled. Demons are having a laugh. And true, that's a reflection. No more will they have that laugh in the name of the Lord Jesus. Not over any of our lives. I pray, Lord, one more time. Release us from the lie of the liar. And grant us victory. We are grateful for all the victory we've enjoyed more are coming and your name shall be glorified in our lives we give you honor and glory father jesus mighty name we pray god bless you god bless you